Hello, friends. Welcome aboard the Round Trip Stories podcast, where we share stories of moving around the world and back again, reflecting on the lessons we've learned along the way. My name is Melissa. And my name is Tracy, and we are excited to welcome you to this Round Trip Stories Customs episode. We learn so much when we step outside our own culture and customs to see things differently. It helps us get to know the world and ourselves a little better. Just like you don't know what questions the customs agent is going to ask you in the airport, we don't know what we will be discussing in these customs conversations. We will simply pick a customs topic out of a virtual hat and see where the conversation takes us. Flight crew, prepare for takeoff. Okay, so we are going to have another customs conversation, and I think we have 70 things on our list now of potential topics. So we have enough topics for how many years is that? I don't even know. Years and years. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much to talk about. It's been lovely to hear from everybody, too, to hear your stories about topics. So we are picking our topic right now. We don't know what it is, and we're just going to talk on the fly. So drum roll, please. Our customs story prompt for today is art. Oh, that's one of my favorite topics. All right. Beauty and creativity are an indispensable and unique part of every culture. What caught our eye and hearts as we lived and worked in other countries? What did we learn? Listen in as we tell stories about how appreciating and creating art in other countries inspired and continues to inspire us. I want to tell a story about a painting class that I took. Okay. Um, Chinese painting is a lot of what traditional painting is watercolor and you have to hold your brush just so. And so I really didn't get trained in it. But the one class that I took was so special and we were painting lotus and it was beautiful because this art lesson wasn't just about technique and color. It was also about history and meaning and symbolism. And the lady was, um, the teacher was explaining how the lotus, how it starts in the mud. And Mm. um, so you have the lotus root in the mud and she was teaching us how to draw the lotus root. And I believe this was probably in the spring, right? And then it grows and it becomes more beautiful in the summertime. And then out of the water comes this beautiful flower. Mm. And But I loved it because she was talking about how we, sometimes we start in the yuckiness of mud, mm-hmm. but we end up coming up for air and our beauty comes out later. Uh-huh. Um yeah, and so I learned how to paint a lotus. And then she also, so that was like through the summer and the fall, and then the fall, the um, the roots are actually harvested. And so you can buy lotus roots um, at the store, and then there's also these large seeds that come out of the pods of the lotus flower, and those mm-hmm. can also those can also be eaten. And oh. um, yeah, and so I guess just this one art lesson We talked about the four seasons. We talked about the symbolism. I felt like sometimes we come out of the mud 
and yeah. then we come into beauty, you know, and, uh, and yes. all of our par- all of our parts are useful. All of our seasons are useful. As as you were talking about the mud and everything, I realized, oh, that totally it kind of connects with what I thought of first. Um, so in one of the cities that we lived in in Peru, in Trujillo, there was a national university that we would drive past all the time because it was just up the street from our church. And um And we would sometimes go to this little restaurant that was right across the street from it. And what was so neat, I almost think that maybe, I don't know if it's in the Guinness Book of World Records or not, but they have around, so it's a large university, like covers about a city block. And there's a wall around it that has a huge um, mosaic that oh, goes wow. all around the walls. And this mosaic is made out of, you know, broken little pieces of tile and that um, form all these pictures that basically tell, I don't know if it was the history of Peru or if it was just the history of Trujillo, um, but it's this huge, you know, like on multiple sides all around the university. And this mosaic that's made of all these little pieces of tile and It was always so neat to be there at certain times of the day because it was super shiny. And so it would reflect the light off the tiles and, Mm -hmm. you know, like a mirror almost. And it was something that the people in that city were really proud of, that they had this beautiful mosaic as, you know, part of their university. And it's just one of those things that when I think back, I think, oh, I, I remember just always enjoying seeing it and how beautiful it was and how meaningful it was to have, you know, the history depicted there of the the area. And um, so that reminds me of the mud. I like that. That broken things can be remade into into beauty. And into works, works of art. Yes. Oh, for sure. Okay, something else about art. Um, folk art from it seems like so many countries is very colorful yes. and um, it can be geometric right and so I had a friend Isabel she's from Ecuador and she was in China with us and sometimes she would comment about some of the Chinese embroidery and she's like this looks like this is from Ecuador you know and <laughs> and and because it, it was colorful and vibrant and there yes. were geometric shapes or there were beautiful yeah. flowers and um, I just I I just appreciate how humanity how all over mm-hmm. the world we can express our we can express beauty through art and mm-hmm. um, it's and as consumers of art it sure is a treat to be able to to have candy in our eyes I feel like art yeah. and color is like candy for our eyes and um, mm-hmm. but there's also these deeper meanings too mm-hmm. um, like pieces being put back together and demonstrating history and demonstrating life cycles and seasons and Mm -hmm. um, humanity has been creating art forever right since the caves and we find handprints from prehistoric folks and Mm -hmm. and drawings and yeah it's so important yes and I think how it doesn't matter where in the world we're from that you know i I really believe that we were all created to appreciate beauty and that 
It's part yes. of it's part of how God made us all. I can't wait to hear from our listeners, and I wonder what kind of art stories they are going to share with us. Oh, they're going to be awesome. Yes, because we have awesome listeners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's hear some global stories from our social media and email subscribers and see what they had to share with us about art. Our first story is from Kathy. And she was in Beijing all the way during COVID. And so she says, During COVID, my neighbor and friend Regina and I took painting lessons almost every Sunday afternoon from a local artist at the flower market, which was to a great extent shut down. We finished a painting each week, copied from a real painting our teacher chose for us to copy. Although neither of us had painted before, I ended up with 40-plus framed paintings, some I copied two or three times when I got home. It was very therapeutic and a source of joy during a potentially trying time. Thank you, Kathy. What a great story to show how art got you through COVID. Yeah, I love how Kathy found art as something that could... Uh, give her her and her friends something to do during COVID, which was such a difficult time. And it's similar to Barbara, who shared a story about living in Cambodia in 2007. And she was recovering from dengue fever, which is really awful. And she held a an art-making group during the lunch break for the English class teachers. And she said that... Uh, while she was in recovery from dengue by the by then she wasn't feeling well enough to teach english but the art making group was a way she could connect and it made me think about how language when you're in another country language can be such a tremendous barrier mm-hmm. and connecting with people is hard but how art is something that people can participate in even if they don't speak the same language. And I just love, I love that. Yeah. Art is the language, isn't it? And it communicates Mm -hmm. history, culture, Mm -hmm. beauty. Yeah. And then we also bring home things that we appreciate, don't we? When... I know that on your walls and my walls, we have things from the places we've been and we keep them up and we keep them up forever in our homes. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) Megan Megan wrote that when she was a missionary in Osaka, Japan, she says, I went to an art center with my mom and sister when they visited me. We got to try our hands at making woodblock prints. I ended up framing them when I returned to the States, and they have been hanging in my bedroom for many years. Mm. Thank you, Megan, for that story. Yeah, because this art that we choose to put on our walls is part of us, just like our experiences and our times back in those countries are part of us. Yeah, what a neat experience that that must have been to, you know, to do woodblock art with her mom and her sister Mm -hmm. when they visited her. And again, that's something that her mom and her sister, I assume, did not speak Japanese, but that was something that they were able to participate in, even though they, you know, probably didn't speak the language, but they were still able to 
take part in a cultural activity that was probably very mm-hmm. meaningful and special. Another example of art being a connecting point and a healing point is I I got a message from a friend of mine uh, that I go to church with, and she shared about how when she lived, she lives currently in in my hometown here in Fresno, but when she, years ago, when she lived in Guadalajara, she was going through a really difficult time. And her son's doctor suggested to her that she find something to do that would be relaxing and restorative for her. And so she, she thought she looked into taking, um, taking some classes and first was going to take a, a dessert making class and but it was full and so then she was gonna do a sewing class and then that one was full too the only class that had space was the painting class but she said that everybody in that class was really advanced and so the teacher told her to just do the best she could and you know no you know don't stress about trying to catch up with everybody else in the class that had already been going for a while well, little did they know that she actually was a very talented artist and the teacher could hardly believe that she had never had a painting class before. And the next week they had a an art contest and one of her paintings actually won oh, first my goodness. place That's in beautiful. the art contest because it turned out that it yeah, it turned out that it was something that she actually wasn't was had some natural skills at. And she said that she didn't even know that she knew that she could paint. But when she would concentrate on painting, it would relax her and she would feel at peace and she could spend hours painting without even paying attention to the time. And it just helps her feel closer Mm -hmm. to God in those moments. And, And again, a class, an art class was something that turned out to be a place of healing. Another thing that I appreciate is that both Yolanda and um, Kathy talk about how they're, they've picked up this skill later in life. And of course, there are artists who, who practice their whole lives and are, so, are brilliant and skilled. Um, but we can also participate even if we didn't start when we were five. We asked our listener, our listeners and uh, subscribers to give us a story about the visual or performing arts. And so we have Ruth, and she said, well, music is art, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Absolutely. So she says, I love the worship music while attending churches abroad. My favorite has to be my grandparents' church in England. The worship is whatever song someone in the congregation feels led to sing and everyone joins in. In the gaps between songs, there are Bible verses read aloud or prayers, and then someone will start a song that they're led to sing. The band must know how to play every song, and someone on the side scurries to find the page with the lyrics to project for all to be able to read and join. (laughs) Hey. I love that. Yeah. I love the spontaneous, participatory nature of that type of gathering. Right. You've got a whole group and every everybody has an opportunity to put their ideas out there and 
Mm -hmm. and show their creativity. Yeah, and get to feel like they had a part in the in the gathering, and that's really that's really neat. Thanks for sharing that, Ruth. Yes. I want to go. I want to go with you sometime to your grandparents' church in England. <laughs> mm, right. So whether whether it's the performing arts or the visual arts, we know that they can be healing. We know that healing happens in community, and art is a great way to do both of those things: community and healing. Gary Preeb grew up as a third culture kid in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Now in his retirement years, Gary is creating works of art reflective of his global life. Listen in to excerpts from the conversation I had with him about his art. I, uh, I grew up living with missionary parent, parents in Congo, Africa. And uh, so that's my experience and that's why I paint a lot of uh, Congolese paintings. I've been uh, also a missionary in Malawi. So okay. some of my mine reflect that experience. And so, yeah, so that's where I grew up. And if people want to see my 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 paintings, uh, quite a number of them, they can go to Gary L. Preeb Fine Art. Yeah, I, I would say that I started having an interest in art when I was uh, six. And that's when I was at uh, Bueller. Uh, elementary school in Kansas, and uh, just really enjoyed uh, just just uh, coloring and painting and and drawing and all those sorts of things. So that's what I did when I was about six. I was in Congo at the age of uh, eight, nine, and ten. I was at a boarding school away from my parents for most of the year, nine months of the year. And there, I really enjoyed coloring and, um, you know, just drawing again. And uh, so I was drawing most of my elementary years. And then when I got to the United States with my parents and my family moved there for one year furlough, they put us into professional uh, art classes with a professional artist in Bueller, Kansas. And so, um, yeah, just kept that in the back of my, my mind. And I really enjoyed that. What I do now is I just, I paint what, what inspires me. I don't really paint if nothing inspires me. A lot of my paintings are also just reflective of my, my life in Congo. I paint things that I, that I experience deeply or that are part of my past, like Congo. I'm not sure if I do it to retain a memory of it or what, but I just, I just do it. I don't know why. It's yeah. something inside of me that says mm -hmm. you have to paint. A while back, there was a young man, Michael Sharp, who passed away. And he, actually, he was working for MCC, and then he was working for the United Nations uh, at that time. Uh, he was actually assassinated in, in Congo. And that night, I felt so bad about the whole situation. I just took up my, my and painted. This is called Pains of Tears. But I was, I was crying the whole time. Literally crying as I was painting that that picture that night. I completed it in probably two hours. Wow! And uh, it just came so quick. And uh, that's probably one of my best sellers. Yeah, yeah. People buy that 
because it reminds them of Michael Sharp and his short life that he lived in Congo. Yeah. Trying to keep peace there. I think each one is different, you know, my experience when I'm painting. Mm-hmm. Other paintings that I have take more time. It doesn't mean that they're more detailed, but they just take more time. Well, I would I would suggest um, ent- uh, entering into the life of people wherever they are. And I, I can just only speak for myself. I just came back from a month in Congo in August. Yes. And yes. so when I'm there, I'm trying to think, what what could I take back to the United States as a memory piece or what could I do? But I would just suggest if people are, are global travelers, just bring something back, bring a memory back of their experience wherever they're traveling, you know? And I think I think that that is very helpful. On our refrigerator, I just brought back something from Canada now when we were there. And it just helps to, re- oh yeah, we were there at Butcher Gardens. So we were there at this mm-hmm. location or we saw this. And it just brings back another pleasant memory that you can celebrate at that time. But yeah, uh, you know, we just love art in our house. You can see, and this just, you know, we're, people, like us who are third culture kids, we, we love art from different countries. And uh, some of this art doesn't really make sense in our house. Someone says, you don't really have a coordinated theme. And I say, I really don't care about that. I'm not, you know, I don't paint to paint. I paint based on what I feel and my experiences and to celebrate some of the locations that I've traveled to. So I think it is somewhat of a spiritual thing where, but I always think in my mind, God is just, God has just supernaturally given me this gift, and I'm going to use it for his glory. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to do that. Thanks so much, Gary, for taking time to share with us about your beautiful work. Friends who are listening, make sure you click the link in our show notes so you can see the beautiful paintings of animals and people from around the world in Gary's art. So Tracy, you shared on Facebook a picture that you painted in China. I realized that, you know, you're talking about paintings, but then when I actually saw the paintings, it's like, oh, those are like legit (laughs) works of art. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You know, and one thing that, well, we were talking about how a lot of Chinese painting is on rice paper and it's with water, pigment and water. And so... um, when Eileen was talking about how sh- when we go move back to our home countries, um, we're using, it's like another time to create another piece of art. Yes. And then we talked about how we can use the colors and the tools from our previous experience to make the art right now. You know, we don't yes. have to, we're not, yes. we have so much, to- many tools and colors to share. And so when I lived in, in Latin America, in Mexico, I loved the colors there. They were so vibrant. Mm-hmm. And I loved like big murals like Diego Rivera. And and I just was always, I I just love it. Like even the even the houses are different colors. Even tiles yes, yes. and the food and oh, it's All the amazing. vibrant. So yes. I like those bright, bold colors. And so I, I, so what I did was I brought that idea of like the Latin color to a Chinese landscape. And so I used acrylics, which is not a traditional Chinese paintings tool. Uh But I liked acrylics because of just my, you know, my own preference. Yeah. 
Right. And so I and I try to get like a big canvas because I'd never painted something on a huge canvas before. And fortunately, like things, you know, tools are less expensive in China. So I could buy all these paints and these huge yeah. canvases, you know. Yeah. And so I did a couple paintings, but with like the Latin color. How fun. Yeah. I love I love the it's like fusion. It's like yep. instead of fusion cooking, it's fusion art. And yep. that's so cool. And you know, we do like we just like cooking, like we we borrow things from different countries. I mean, like the Silk Roads, right? Everybody was trading everything. The spices mm-hmm. from India made it to England mm-hmm. and then all over the world and um and I'm not just not just England. But that's right. how it is too, right? We we like cross pollinate. Yes. And it, and even how like with music when even like in the churches in Peru often there would be songs that were originally written in some other country, you know, maybe in English and they were translated into Spanish, but then they put their own spin on it and their own rhythms into it. I loved the combination of the different yeah, just all the the, the music styles and the art styles and mm-hmm. it really is neat to see how they can all work together. We heard art stories from around the world. Art is an expression of not only beauty but also culture, history, and creative communication. In this episode, we heard stories about how art teaches, heals, and allows us to remember. We do not need language to create it. All can participate in it, and community helps inspire it. We hope that you have been inspired by this customs episode about art. We're so grateful to our friends who shared their stories for this episode. We believe that sharing stories helps our understanding of the world grow larger while the distance between us grows smaller. To find out what stories we're collecting for our next customs episodes, sign up for our email list at roundtripstories.com or follow us on social media at roundtripstoriespodcast. We would love for our listeners to hear your stories too. Come back next time for our round trip stories from Kat Borba, teacher, supporter of overseas missions and mother of three. She and her husband were in Sapporo, Japan, and you won't want to miss her stories. Thanks so much for listening, friends. We'll see you next time. Hey there, Melissa here again. Remember back at the beginning of this episode when I was talking about the mosaic in Trujillo? Well, I need to make a correction. I said it was made up of broken pieces of tile, and that wasn't accurate. The three-kilometer-long mosaic, which is on record as the largest mosaic in all of Latin America, was actually made with approximately 30 million, yes, 30 million tiny square tiles that were especially created for the project. It's still true that broken things can be made into works of art, but in this case, this mosaic is actually a beautiful example of how tiny things put together over time, in the mosaic's case, 16 years, can add up to something beautiful. May the seconds and minutes of your life that add up to days, months, and years grow into beauty that will inspire others for years to come. Bye, friends.